0: That is
1: a thing of beauty. I want to zoom out on you. Oh, I have to go back. Yeah, I promise. Yeah, that's the issue, man. It's weather. I had to basically, uh, this is Viking weather. We're used to this. <laughs> you On the ships. On the ships, man. There you go. Look at that. Holy moly. Please don't use the line, are you horny today? That's just. You know me, right. I'm too classy for that. You're very well spoken, man. Ready to go. Let's rock and roll, baby, with the Hall of Fame in Cleveland. We have the Hall of Fame here at Bonfire Sports.
2: Hang on a second here.
1: You keep moving. What's that? You keep moving on me. Well, of course I move. I'm not, you know, I'm not a statue man. But would you like me to use some Gorilla Glue to hold me in place? <laughs> Brought to you by Brought to you by Gorilla Glue. Uh, so first things first,
0: I don't know what's going on with the hat. What happened? And you and I both need beard trims, maybe a haircut.
1: Yeah, you know, the hat's a special hat. It's a nice hat. A friend of mine uh, brought it from Italy for me, so I told him I'd wear it. Uh, I, I did have my other hat on for you, just just, and I'll do a quick rendition as a Viking. Oh, look at a bald head. Hey, one must look like a Viking. And I was out there shoveling snow with this today, just to let the neighbors know, don't mess with me.
0: <laughs> you shoveled in that? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. That's how you get attention.
1: Yeah, but, oh, you got to do everything. You know so, you know what they say about us, old linemen. We never get talked about, so you got to do something to get talked about.
0: You get talked about at the buffet.
1: Oh, see, that's the oldest joke in the world. Everybody know, says that. Well, oh, watch this guy. He's probably going to go four times. Or else when you're at a wedding, they go... Uh, Table seven, and I get up and I go, hey, leave some for the rest of us, okay? I'm like, are you kidding me? People don't understand. I eat like a parrot. Just small. I don't eat a lot. Now, cracker, the cold beverages if I'm in front of the line? Then you got to worry because the beverages and me are friends. Me and food, I can give or take it. See, I would ensure you bought your social tickets before I ordered the beer. There you go. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I definitely earned some today shoveling the snow. I mean, that was a heck of a snowfall we got. You're telling me, yeah. Which makes me think, boy. I tell you what. Just think about this. In a couple of weeks, we got the Western Final, December fifth here in Winnipeg. Yeah. And I love it when it gets a little crazy and the weather's crazy. I mean, uh, I think it's gonna be a fantastic day. But let's not worry about that right now. Let's worry about the Montreal Alouettes and their chance to rebound against a revamped Bomber team today. Hey, eh? they got yes. Wow. What a talk. A lot of changes, Darren. A lot of changes.
0: A completely new look, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Adam Big Hill and Willie Jefferson will remain on defense, but lots of changes there. And we're going to get into all this on Game Day Winnipeg here today, Chris. Uh, of course, uh, Sean McGuire, the QB2 yeah, he here in Winnipeg, will get his first pro start. Zach Kolaris. Uh, indications have told me that he won't even fly to Montreal. So no. a real good rest for him. Of course, his wife is why. very close to uh, having their second child. So uh, early congratulations to the Claris family. Jamarcus uh, yeah, Hardrick comes back. That's good news. Uh, all of this information you can find on the ticker below. Um, so three games he's been out with a hip injury, he comes back. Stanley Bryant is on the roster, Chris. Will he play? Will he be the game day scratch? Will they give Drew Richman an opportunity? We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. And all of this rest versus rust and this unique circumstance the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have this year in clinching the West so early and having these final three games of the regular season with no meaningfulness in the standings. Of course, Montreal... Today And then uh, the Calgary Stampeders in Cowtown uh, to wrap the regular season next week. Uh, And of course, the snow falls. So it is awards season. We'll go through our CFL, well, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, of course, team awards ballot. That comes first before we get into division and then league all-stars. So we'll touch on those uh, in the coming weeks. Um, right on and we're gonna hear from buck pierce and Mike O'Shea and sean mcguire himself as well chris maybe we'll start there uh sean mcguire spoke this week about the unique opportunity that this is and the fortune uh that he has had and that this blue bombers team has had that he can come in get a start play the majority of the game is what we're expecting today and this isn't because of an injury or because of you know some bad news. It's a good news thing. It's a it's a good opportunity here for the Blue Bombers and for Sean McGuire.
1: I think it's a smart decision by Coach O'Shea and that whole Bomber organization to allow a young guy who's been with him for 30-plus games mm-hmm. to finally get a chance to spread his wings, show his stuff, showcase what he can do. They love his arm. They say he's got a great arm. He's smart. He That's understands. Cool. He's had a great tutor in Zach Kolaris. Uh, Buck Pierce has been in there all the time working with this young man. Uh, You know, he's a guy out of Western Illinois, uh, you know, two for seven, 55 yards. He hasn't done a whole lot. I think he's got four and 10 on his career here at the Bombers. But he gets an opportunity because of where the Bombers finished in the division. The fact they wrapped up first. Now he gets a chance to show show what he's got. This is a win-win. It's a win for Sean McGuire, and it's a win for the football club because eventually you want to see what your backup can do in game conditions. Now they're going against a very hungry Montreal team. Oh, yeah. Can't, yeah, they can't, they can't finish first, but they definitely could still give it a run for home having the semifinal. So they've got a lot to play for where Bombers are basically resting a number of guys, number of key personnel. But when you talk about Sean McGuire, I'm excited for the young man. I really want to see what he can do. Uh, you know, he's got, he's got all, all the stats and all the, uh, you know, all the, uh, what do you ever need, you know, just the personality. Uh, he's a fiery guy, very calm off the field, right here and very, competitive on the field so let's see what he can do yeah
0: i could be mistaken but western illinois is where he came yep, from i don't know a lot from, about yeah. uh, i know i'm not mistaken about that but I, if i'm not mistaken i don't know any other cfl players that have come out of western illinois the leathernecks one of my favorite ncaa nicknames um but Uh, opportunity for Sean McGuire in this second to last or penultimate game of the regular season for the Blue Bombers. How different might this offense look? Is this a good opportunity for the Blue Bombers to maybe try some different things, uh, explore with their quarterback? Or Chris, should they stick to what the offense is you know, core principles and allow Sean McGuire to do those things that he has been studying and practicing on the practice field, in the meeting rooms, in the film room. Now he gets to do it with live bullets uh, on Saturday.
1: Well, I think, you know what, the fact that we talked about it earlier and the fact that he's had 30 games experience, Mm -hmm. albeit he hasn't started, he knows this offense. He runs, plays, and practice. He's got an opportunity to showcase. No, if this is a guy that had a week of practice, absolutely, they shorten the playbook. I don't believe they'll do anything different because he's going to be running the same offense that Zach Kolaris runs that Buck Pierce calls. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got all his receivers. That's another nice thing. The fact that he's got the relationship with ba- Bailey, Walatarski. He's Drew Walatarski's roommate. So I know I heard some guys joking about Journey, uh, uh during the week that, you know, Drew being, you know, paying him a little, maybe writing him a little song on his guitar to get a few more balls thrown his way. We'll see what happens. But having said that, Kenny Lawler, you got your you got your stud offensive receivers, Nick Dembski and you know, Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine. Everything else there is the same. So I think it were you know it just it bodes well from a young guy to come in and be able to just orchestrate this as if it was act there. Right. And you know, uh having Drew Wolotarsky as his teammate, Wolotarski had a
0: really nice touchdown grab and some yak yards yeah. in that win over Montreal. Uh, last week Um, so before we hear from Sean McGuire as well as Buck Pierce and and head coach Mike O'Shea I wanted to get your uh, opinion Chris on this Blue Bombers win at home versus Montreal last week and you know there were some times where that game looked in question could that have served the Blue Bombers well to have a little bit of adversity to, to mount a comeback when trailing in that game at this juncture of the season because really as of late you can almost go back a couple months. They've just been rolling over opponents.
1: Yeah, and I, you almost got a little complacent. It looked like that eh, to me. I mean, tied at halftime, tied at 21 after three quarters. And then the bomber defense does what it always does is flexes its muscles. Again, no points. It's hard to believe. 12 games. Six points total scored against them. Yeah. I saw the uh, the average, which you know, to even say it is ridiculous, zero point five points. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. They just seem to turn it on when they have to turn it on. Now, obviously, Adam Hill and Alfred getting those key interceptions just to close the game out, but they just shut it down. And now, I'm going to go the other way, I'm a little devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Whether the Bombers stiff their stuff, they run, they only ran. William Stanback, who has 75 yards and 10 carries, 7.5-yard average in the first half, He's only ran six game. times in the second half.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that because the Bomber defense took the runaway? I mean, it's only six rush attempts. Or is it they just decided to let, you know, Trevor Harris try and put the ball in the air and see if they can make something? Because they're not from behind. This is a situation where they were tied. They, yeah. There was no panic scenario, so... That's that's what I guess Kahari Jones, the head coach and offensive coordinator, will have to answer. Well,
0: if you read between the lines, no team in the CFL has either chosen to run or run yep. effectively against this Blue Bombers defense. So put two and two together and read between the lines there. They're doing something uh, to, to absolutely shut down opposing uh, yep. run attacks. But the run game for the Blue Bombers offense will be an important one uh, in this game, Chris. Let, let's hear from... Uh, Sean McGuire, who touches on this opportunity as well as what he's learned from Zach Kolaris. Beautiful.
4: If we just stick to our process, stick to what we do, I stick to my process and what I do. And again, I have closely followed Zach this year and I know I'll still continue to talk to him throughout this week and try to stick to what we do. And I think if we do that, I think we'll be more than okay. You know, me and Zach have talked a lot. Me and Zach are real close. And like I said, we do a lot of things together, both on and off the field, similar-wise to our process. And, um, you know, each each week he, he kind of says, he's like, you know what my process is. And, and obviously he's our starter. and I try to just closely follow in his footsteps. And he's such a great leader, someone I've learned. I can't even tell you how much I've learned from him this year. And even in a short stretch in, in 2019 when he came the last four games, you know, it's just, I can't explain how much I've learned from him and, and, how great of a teammate and and friend he is. So, you know, I'll continue to do do that throughout this week. I've said from the beginning, I, I love the way Zach plays. I think he does first what Zach's, you know, he's so special in in how he sees the game. Every every quarterback sees it differently. He's obviously played a long time and he's seen it all, but uh, he's just so smart. Such a good guy to pick his brain. Just, You know, we'll we'll talk football, me, Zach, and Drew, our other quarterback, all the time. Just talking concepts, what he likes and stuff. But, you know, I've always liked Zach's creativity, you know, his Uh ability to do things when when plays break down and get outside the pocket and improvise. And, and, you know, know, I think we do have similarities in that regard. So, um, Zach, you know, is just such a good guy to learn from and love working with him.
0: What do you want to accomplish this week?
4: Get a win. However it looks want to win the game. Don't care how it looks. Honestly, we just want to win. It's
0: a good answer. It sounds very Mike O'Shea and very blue bombers. Uh, do you want to throw the ball lots? Do you want to run the ball? Do you want to try some things you haven't been able to do the last couple of years? Uh,
4: you know, I think what I haven't been able to do is, is just get these reps in, in games. You know what I mean? So it's like, <clears throat> I've had lots of, lots of practice reps. Um, you know, I've seen a, a ton of, of mental reps, again, watching Zach and, and uh, even in practice and the film study that we do. And now it's just the last thing that I haven't done, which is take some snaps. And um, however that looks, again, is, you know, we're going to go out. We're going to look to execute one play at a time. And the end goal is to win.
0: Does it, start, does it sort of feel surreal that, you know, this is a, a start? Everyone's healthy. Everyone, you know, is ready to go. But, uh, you know, you're getting the shoulder tap.
4: Yeah, it's just – it's, again, I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Um, it's awesome how it worked out this year, you know, as, as being a backup and, you know, a lot of guys get to play in different ways and, shoot, I mean, what else could you ask for being on a team that's clinched the West and got a, a quarterback that's healthy and a guy you can learn from like Zach and now you're in the position where you can go out and, and play and, again, try to win this week for our team and just feel really grateful for that. Thanks,
0: Sean. Thank you. It's an excellent opportunity for Sean Maguire here. Heaven forbid anything serious happens to Zach Kolaris in this playoff run for Winnipeg, Chris, but it's always nice to have that contingency plan with some real game experience and a start this season for Sean Maguire.
1: Well, look at the offensive line in front of him. And I think we have to give credit where credit's due. This offensive line, this line of hogs, 15 sacks against number one in the CFL right now. Uh, they're keeping the quarterback clean. And that's the biggest thing you can ask. Now, obviously the question we haven't even touched it, but the question of this, will the uh, newcomer drew Richmond take the place at left tackle? He's, he's, he's on the roster to give Stanley Bryant a break. Uh, and then they, obviously Patty Newfold not making the trip. Cause of course all-star, I believe it'll be an all-star uh, Jamarcus Hardrick uh, that returns at right tackle. So, uh it's going to be key. And they've got a good offensive line. So this is another thing that bodes well for Sean McGuire, the fact that he's got a very proficient, efficient offensive line in front of him.
0: No, no question about that. And, uh, you know, as far as the, the rest versus rust and, and all those sorts of things, in the case of Zach Kolaris, I don't know, like Michael Shea even said it this week, he doesn't know if uh, Kolaris needs the rest. And, and Kolaris said it himself for the past couple weeks They, you know, he wants to play. All of these guys want to play, but do what's prudent, do what's smart. And as the blue bombers always do, do what's best for the team. And that's giving QB two, Sean McGuire and QB three coming off the practice roster, drew Brown out of Hawaii and Oklahoma state an opportunity to be the backup dress for the game, prepare like he's going to play. And um, you know, who knows? We might even see a little bit of him. I personally think Chris it's Sean Maguire's game from the yep. opening kickoff yep. right to the final gun. Uh, let's hear from offensive coordinator Buck Pierce as well as head coach Mike O'Shea on their new starting quarterback.
5: What do you like about this opportunity for Sean? Well, we've liked him for a couple of years now, right? We think he can step on the field and and you know we believe that he can help us win football games, right? He's he's uh, he's a pro um he comes in every day puts in the work when he steps on the field he's got good command of the offense he throws the ball well he's always prepared so um it is a it is a good opportunity for him and and like I said we believe he can step on the field and help us win a football game
3: you know Sean's been with us you know for you know a couple years now and uh you know he's got to you know Learn the system, you know, with with a lot of different people in front of him too, and, and you know, learn from a lot of different people, and uh, you know, also just have you know a couple years, you know, with the verbiage and you know, learn the CFL game. Um, you know, he's been, he's been taking a lot of reps in practice, uh, you know, this season. Um, so he's 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 ready for his opportunity. You know, when, when you look at Sean, um, you know, physically you know, I think that's the first thing that, you know, jumps out, you know, he can throw the football, you know, he's mechanically, he's very sound fundamentally, you know, he's very good, um, very poised, uh, and, and a competitor. Um, you know, he, he's, he takes command of the huddle when he's out there, um, you know, speaks with confidence and, and, uh, and he plays with confidence and, and, you know, as a coaching staff, um, and as a quarterback coach, that's what you look from, you know, your quarterback is, is the, uh, you know, confident and it, and what he's seeing out there and, 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 and his play, you know, obviously, you know, a, a guy's first start, you know, especially in the CFL, you know, there's going to be some learning, you know, that goes along with that. Um, and, and he understands that, you know, I think it's important that, you know, you go out there and you trust your eyes and, and, and you're decisive in, in your, your decision-making and, uh, you know, always, always have a plan and, and a reason of, you know, why you're doing something. So great, you know, we're excited great. for Sean.
5: I think when you sit down and ask him if he's excited, he's going to answer, yeah, he's excited, you know? But I believe he's, especially at that position, the number of games they've played, the number of times they've been in a in that leadership position or running a huddle and, you know, being largely responsible for controlling the football on every snap and therefore, you know, having a lot of the idea of a win or a loss pegged on them. I think that's allowed... You know, it should allow pro quarterbacks to, um, you know, sort of keep that emotion in check. I'm sure he's very excited, but I'm sure he's also, I know for a fact, he's also going about his business in a very workmanlike fashion, you know, and conducting his huddle in a very workmanlike fashion and with confidence and the understanding that he he knows he can get the job done. So uh, everything you described is probably everything he's, feeling and could express and it just comes out at different times and i think it's inherent in the position that he's able to do that that he's able to show emotion and in in one aspect and and allow that to to you know be in his mind right then and there but it's also the ability to switch it off and say okay here i'm going back to work right now
0: Opportunity knocks for Sean McGuire against the Montreal Alouettes in La Belle Provence this weekend, Chris. And uh, it's going to be a fun one. And, you know, I got to give you kudos. You're wearing your beret uh, when uh, the Bombers are in Montreal. I know it's not really a beret, but it looks like one.
2: No,
1: but remember, I started my first, my career started as a number one draft pick out of the Montreal Alouettes in 1981, so... Uh, yeah, I'm not paying homage to him. Believe me, it's just one of those hats. I couldn't find my baseball hat, and it was either that or the Viking hat. And uh, this show is uh, too good to be. Uh, I didn't want to put a comical aspect on. The whole yeah. Show. Oh yeah, oh, no, yeah. We, no, we no. we're given uh, good stuff here, man. We
0: we're all serious. We don't have any fun on game day. No, weekend. no, man. No, that's not what bonfire is about. Uh, hey, Amen. <laughs> well, and that's that's a good hat too. It's it's probably keeping you warm because it's a little bit uh, like what is it? The felt? The Melton? Yeah, the Melton.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's actually very comfortable on the head. Uh yeah, you know, I'm a baseball hat. I always wear a hat. Listen, when you got a chrome dome, you don't have much hair in there, or as we call follically challenged, you know, I like to have a hat on. So uh, it just makes me feel much more natural. But then again, every once in a while when the sun's out, I'll let to let the you know the scalp breathe. So Gotta let
0: it breathe a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's let beautiful, see man. the light of
0: day. Uh so a big week right now for the CFL media uh contingent. Oh, yeah and also the head coaches across the CFL. Uh, Select individuals in all nine CFL markets got their ballot this week for the 2021 CFL Awards, and it's three rounds of voting. So first, team, most outstanding players, then division all-stars, then league all-stars, and then we have the second round that goes towards, um, you know, West Division, most outstanding, East Division, uh, and then ultimately, the entire league. So obviously the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, I'm looking at my ballot right now, Chris, as uh, I've have the honor once again to vote uh, on these awards. Um, Let's start with most outstanding rookie. And you could say it's maybe a two horse race here in Winnipeg, but on the real one individual set himself apart.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think we talked about this last week, uh, Darren, Uh, DeAndre Alford, who leads the team on interception with four, uh, you know he's got 44 tackles he's all over the field he's done a great job coming in his first year of shutting down I uh, played uh, played the short side corner until Winston came back Winston Rose now he's at the wide side corner um yeah I, I don't even think this to me is a check mark it's a bingo spot I, I I'm not trying to take away from any other rookie to play for the bombers yeah but I think if you really want to break down what they've done and how many games they've played, I think DeAndre is is a natural and should be in my mind. That's who I'd vote for as far as the rookie coming out of the
0: team. I'm comfortable saying this is a non-decision for me. It's yeah. going to be yeah. uh, DeAndre Alford or D Alford as they, uh, refer to him, uh, on my, uh, most outstanding rookie Blue bombers ballot uh, we asked for a second choice I'm probably gonna go with Casey Sales who has started and played very well in his first CFL season uh, at defensive tackle uh, a couple other individuals Noah Hallett Mark Leggio uh, Kelvin McKnight uh, Les Maluo um, you know some of the guys that are in the mix there but I think it's 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 definitely going to be uh, Alfred. Uh, And then Casey Sales at number two. So the next award, Chris, is most outstanding special teams player. This has been a runaway for the last number of years with Justin Medlock here in Winnipeg. Things a little bit different this season. And we're not going to be able to just give it to the kicker because, well, that has been obviously a glaring area. And uh, Sergio Castillo is eligible for the ballot, but we can't give it to him. Who's your most outstanding special teams player, Chris?
1: Well, let's just go with the guy, the GOAT. The GOAT, as they said, I tried to get a T-shirt and they wouldn't give me a T-shirt. I phoned Brad Foddy, the equipment guy. said, I love the shirt. Yes, right. Love we'll to represent the Bombers. And I really love the guy that's wearing it or they're honoring. And that's Mike Miller. Uh, you know, I think you mentioned earlier off air that his season high of, of ever is 24 special team tackles. He's got 22 right now with two games to go. He's leading the league once again. Mm-hmm. He's just a special teams demon. Uh, I think... When I look at that, I, I can't see anybody. As you mentioned, the kicker is not even a chance, right, this time. The special teams, as far as returning, nobody's really done much. You know, Jader, maybe if Janarian Grant had played a whole year, yeah, maybe he'd give him a little run. But right now, I, I can't see anybody uh, unseating Mike Miller at that uh, nomination.
0: No question there. He's the runaway for me as well. Um, you know, maybe Teadric Hansen as the second choice on the ballot. Yep. Maybe a Nick Hallett. Um who's you know having a uh you know a heck of a sophomore season uh janarian grant probably in that mix as well mike benson long snapper winnipeg native uh maybe somebody i'd consider for a second choice but no doubt it's mike miller to yeah. me uh yeah. most outstanding offensive lineman and to me chris once again a two horse race maybe three uh but no yeah. I don't know your opinion on this, and you are most definitely uh, the expert here. And um, you know, uh, offensive tackle, decidedly different skill set than an interior offensive lineman. But you're kind of out well, there on an island. You got a, a bigger job to to accomplish.
1: Well, I mean, uh, this is again uh, when you're looking at the players they have. They've got a solid pro- the number one CFL uh, line O line of the CFL right now. To me, it was a two-horse race with a third guy sitting, you know, almost in there. Mm -hmm. It was between, for me, it was between Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick with a special, just, you know, Pat Newfield. I jumped him in that group because Patty has played guard. He's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. I mean, whatever you want Patty Newfield to play, he goes and plays well. So, for me, he was the dark horse. But it was a two-man horse and uh, two-man race, excuse me. And that was Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus. Now, Jamarcus unfortunately got hurt with a hip. Been out for three weeks. That really hurt his chances. So, just do the process of elimination, and that's the only reason I can do this. I believe it'll be Stanley Bryant again.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. As far as Pat Newfeld is concerned, I might give him my second choice yep. vote yep. on uh, my you know, ballot. Yeah, yep. Okay, look, th- this this is something that's that's really kind of grind grinded my gears for years, Chris. Pat Newfeld gets slagged on by the Blue Bombers oh, yeah. fan base for being injured all the time, and he can't stay healthy, and he's that... Pat Newfeld is, like, Ted Wyman wrote a great piece during the Blue Bombers' most recent bye week in the Winnipeg Sun, talking about those pieces and those, those early moves right. that Wade Miller... Um, uh, Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters wow. made in those early days, and trading Alex Hall to the eventual Grey Cup champion Saskatchewan Roughriders, and and trading right. Pat Newfeld here to Winnipeg. That was the first move they made to rebuild this team. And who's the guy when the All Star right tackle goes down? Pat Newfeld yep. steps in. The Bombers remain undefeated. Um, well, in those games, I mean that that Hardrick yep. was out. Um, he is an unsung hero and underrated. And when it come it came to my division and league all star ballots over the last few years, uh, you know, Suk Chung won a league all star, I believe, a division all star for sure, with the Winnipeg yeah. Blue Bombers prior to leaving via free agency to BC. Pat Newfeld was my guy. I thought he got absolutely robbed and uh, versatile leader, nasty veteran. Uh, he has yeah. all the the makings of, uh, you know, what is the lifeblood in the CFL, and that's Canadian offensive linemen.
1: Well, and I'll tell you something uh, that hurts him. You mm-hmm. know, his biggest value is, and you hit the word, versatility. Mm-hmm. The fact that he plays tackle, the fact that he plays. So when he comes to looking at, you're looking at a guy, and sometimes people get so programmed into a particular position They'll look at a guard. Okay, who's that? They'll look at a tackle. But sometimes they overlook the guy that plays both positions and has been a major contributor on that O-line. And so I agree with you 100%. Patty Newfield, definitely all-star. I don't know if he'll get the nomination, but I guess he's, you know, right. That's why I said he was the dark horse for me yeah. because of the way that he's played this year. I'm a big Patty Newfield fan.
0: All six of the key contributors or main contributors. Yeah, on the absolutely. I mean, let overlook yeah, Yeah. well, look, well, we Desiree. don't talk a lot
1: yep. about them, but, you know, Drew Desjardins yeah. and Michael Couture, we don't talk a lot about these guys. They've only got 15 sacks against, fellas. So, hey, you know what? All, all these guys, I've never seen it happen where a, a whole offensive line gets All-Star, but this might be the year. Cool. I mean, there's. I'm looking around the league. There's no offensive line that's really had a solid. scachers had problems. Edmonton, no. Yeah. BC, oh, God, forget it. Uh, you know that I mean. You go Ottawa, trouble. Toronto, no good. Montreal, issues. This to me, I'd have to go chick 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 right across the line and give every one of them a chance. That
0: that's possible. That's I think Montreal. Good. You know some select players on that offensive line. The, the trouble you're talking about is the injuries that they've had. That that's really kind well, of well. That's exactly but, what it but is. But William Stanback, he's not doing it by himself. He's leading the CFL. No, that's
1: that's a for that's a, a wonderful point. You're
0: that's a hundred percent.
1: you got but, the leading rusher. You got to have somebody up there that's doing a good job up front. So no yeah, question. you're right.
0: Yeah, no, we, we we're witness to Couldn't that here in Winnipeg, better good, than anybody.
1: What slapped a big man right <laughs> in the head.
0: <laughs> Drew Desjardins, last thought on him. I think he's got a half dozen league all star nods ahead of him in his young oh, yes. career. Uh, definitely, yeah. if not already, a star in the making. Here's an interesting one, Chris. Most outstanding Canadian on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There is a lot of directions you could go with this. Let's hear yours.
1: Well, to me, this is another one of those ones that I just think I can't see anybody else getting the nomination except for number 10. The X factor in so many games, Nick Dembski. I think he's just played so well. Uh, he's done everything. He makes plays. He breaks plays. I remember Sean McGuire on his first pass he completed mm-hmm. was a second down and short, He threw the bomb, 55 yards to Nick Dembski. So, uh, you know, I, I just like the way the guy plays. He runs the football. You know, he's not only c- catches it. I mean, he's had 11 rushes for 70 yards. We remember the one tackle or one game against Edmonton. Well, I, I believe he broke like seven or eight tackles to take it into the end zone. So these are stats you can't overlook. Now, are there other good Canadians, DB? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Mike Miller. Mike Miller is Canadian, a special team demon. Uh, you know, you're talking about Nick Callen. You're talking about, and I don't know, is Mike Jones Canadian? I think he's Canadian. No, no, he's not. Maybe, no. I don't know. Okay, so that's another slap. Two slaps are ready for Wally. All
0: right. <laughs> well, hey, how about this? You got Jake Thomas. You got. Oh man, how could I, I overlook
1: that guy? guy?
0: Yeah, uh, and and had a heck of a game against Montreal last week. Game Brady Oliveira. Careers. Brady Oliveira. Now I know he hasn't been the starter all year, but uh, a yeah, multi-time 100-yard rusher and, and just a yeah. heck of a player uh, in his own right. We were talking about Paddy Newfeld. Maybe somebody worth considering for Actually, that, standing Canadian. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's uh, not bad.
0: Jonathan Kongbo, one of the Hallett brothers potentially, uh, Drew Desjardins, yeah. um, Michael Couture. Jesse Briggs is somebody that is a bit of an unheralded uh, demon on this yeah. team, uh, on specials, and, and think of when the Blue Bombers were a little bit nicked up at weak side linebacker. Jesse Briggs yeah. stepped in and... Well, nothing changed. That defense remained just as dominant as he always has been. When opposing offenses were really going after Jesse Briggs, he had and ha- is having uh, one heck of a season. There's two awards, Chris, that that I'm, I am I know I need to spend more time on, and, and these ballots are due uh, noon mm-hmm. Eastern time on Sunday, and I'm probably going to wait until the last minute to make sure I, I get my selections ask, right. But yeah. it's, it's most outstanding Canadian, and it's most outstanding defensive player. We'll get to that in one second. At Canadian, I'm with you. I I like the idea of Nick Dembski, and I pulled up his numbers here. Um, of course, as I you know uh, hit the wrong button and, and lose it. Uh, so rushing I totals this year, he's averaging 6.4 yards per carry. He ripped yep. off a long at 21, has a touchdown, 70 That's yards the on the ground as a call it a tailback. He ran a little bit of the jet sweeps, but that has kind of been taken by Rashid yep. Bailey. That that play call under Buck Pierce. Uh, but receiving in 10 games, 43 catches on 58 attempts, 633 yards. He's got half of his yardage, more than half of his yardage, is after the catch. That's a dangerous, dangerous player. Four touchdowns, averaging nearly 15 yards uh, per catch this season. Absolutely worthy of it. And when you're on a team with Andrew Harris and you both play on offense – Um, it's tough for someone like Nick Dembski, who would be getting that award on pretty much any other team in the CFL. But I wonder wonder about Mike Miller and whether he should be, as he was in 2019, once again, the Blue Bombers' most outstanding Canadian. He breaks the all-time special teams record. He has 24 special teams tackles in 11 games this year he's no. it's through the roof. Listen,
1: no, no. I mean, I like Mike Miller. Listen, he's done a great job. We's, we talked about his special teams demon, but you got a guy like Nick Dembski who's got a career high, 633, four touchdowns, four catches over 30 plus yards. Mm-hmm. He just gets it done. Whether he's running the ball, whether he's catching the ball. And he's had those plays that I thought, like I mentioned, the 21 yard run against Edmonton. he broke a bunch of tackles. The big catch on second and short from Sean McGuire, I can go through it. He's got plays. He always seems to be the guy that gels or gets this offense going with a big play. I mean, I could talk about Kenny Lawler all day, but Kenny Lawler's not in this conversation. Maybe he would have been if Zach, and I don't want to jump ahead of it, because Zach's MOP. There's no doubt. Sure. But if Zach wasn't the quarterback he was, maybe Kenny wouldn't have the numbers he has. But then Kenny on any other team with the numbers he has would be their, uh, you know, basically nomination yeah. That's just the way I feel, buddy. No, you know what? You're you're
0: you're convincing me a little bit. I'm gonna think on this a little bit I more, but uh I don't think you could go wrong with either of those individuals. And uh you know how much a fan um, no, I, I am and of I Nick Dembski.
1: And I used to do those votes, you do get a one and second, right? That's one right. and two. Yeah, so, so I mean that there you go. I mean a one and two. But then I I, I liked your other choice too. Uh, I liked the Patty Newfield thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I really do. Let's move on to uh, most
0: outstanding defensive player, Chris, and woo! maybe a three-horse race for this one. You could almost even say four. Brandon Alexander, wow, maybe the best safety in the league. He'll be a league all-star, no doubt in my mind.
1: Yeah, Jackson
0: yeah. Jeffcoat, comparable numbers to Willie Jefferson, who is the most, maybe the most impactful player in the CFL. Here's the guy I think I'm going to vote for, Adam Bighill.
1: Yeah, Adam's had a great year. Listen, he is the catalyst. He is the, you know, he is the, the, listen, if you don't have a good middle linebacker, and I'm looking at Montreal and they have a guy named Ahmad Thomas, middle linebacker. We ran the ball a lot. Didn't have a tackle last week. Mm-hmm. What does that say? When your middle linebacker is basically absent, yeah. AWOL, on a team that runs the ball as much as the Bombers do. That's not a good sign. I've never You're even look heard at of that guy. <laughs> I go to Adam Big Hill, Eight tackles last week. Season high. Season Interception, uh, a... second of the year. He's got two forced fumbles. He's got a couple sacks. I agree with you. And then when you talk about the other two cats, Willie and Jackson. The Jets. Jackson's got nine sacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got, he leads the league of forced fumbles, right? I mean, he's got a bunch of tackles. Willie's got seven sacks. He's got 17 tackles. Not a ton of tackles, but he comes up with those crazy big interception plays. We see one for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, no. this is no disregard or disrespect to, uh, to number five, Willie. Jackson Jeffcoat has had a career year. I've been blowing the horn on this guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think this guy has had an exceptional year, but as you say, when you're on the number one defense in the CFL giving up, you know, 11 points a game, you mentioned, you hit on the head. Who do you give credit to? It's a team game, yeah. and the hardest thing, it's always like, listen, when I played O-line, same thing. Sometimes you go, how you know you you reap the benefit like people nominate you, right? And then you think, well, what about the other guys? Because I'll be honest with you, if you don't have good players beside you, and your and your line gives up a bunch of sacks, or you can't run the ball, you're not even getting past the first nomination. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's such a team thing, and to pick one guy out of a team is uh, tremendously difficult. And hey, I don't envy you, uh, Darren, on this one because. Any one of those picks that you mentioned would be a good pick.
0: Let's hear from defensive coordinator Richie Hall when asked just how difficult this choice may be. Coach Hall, I'm not going to ask you to name your team's most outstanding defensive player. You can if you'd like, but uh, maybe I'll I'll ask instead, um, you know, just how difficult you feel that decision will be for your head coach and and for us members
2: of the media that uh, have the honor of, of selecting those. You know, I always say the players, when they come to training camp, their job is to make our jobs as coaches hard, you know? So I think when you look at a number of players this year, they're making the powers to be uh, whoever votes on those kinds of things hard. And and that's what their job is. That means they've gone out there and they've done something, you know? And, and at the end of the day, you know, as a football team, we've been able to reap the, the benefits because of their outstanding play, you know? So I'm happy for, for, for all of them, just because of the accomplishments that that we've been able to do as a team and then they've been able to do as individuals, you know, so um, that, you know, that that's you guys's job. You know, I'm just happy that they went out there and they played well and we've been able to stay healthy. Uh, are you happy that
0: some individuals on your defense are getting recognition now league wide that
2: maybe have been deserving but haven't had it the last couple of years? Yeah, I'm always happy, you know, for them. You know, I I think when you talk about uh, individuals' uh, accomplishments, it starts off with regarding the team, you know, because when your team does well, uh, media and people look at why are they doing well, you know, but if your team isn't, if your team is struggling, uh, people aren't talking about how well people are playing, you know. So um, I'm always happy when these people are, uh, our, our players are are being acknowledged you know because uh, uh I think it's one thing for us as coaches and us within the organization to acknowledge them but for people outside uh um uh, I'm real happy for them again they they worked they've worked hard they've worked hard
0: i I'll, yep. I'll wait for you to whatever you were doing there Let's put a cap on most outstanding defensive player, Chris. And and I'm with you with what you said before we heard from Richie Hall when... Willie Jefferson is getting the attention from opposing offenses. Jeff no. Coat eats. And when Jeff Coat started to get the attention, when his numbers started to pile up this season, you saw no. Willie Jefferson start to make those ridiculous impacts uh, in games this season. Uh, but to me, I think I'm going to go with Adam Big Hill, the pass knockdowns, in addition to a lot no. of those numbers yeah. uh, you mentioned earlier. And look, if you're a defensive end, you go after it. And don't get me wrong. They have other responsibilities, no, but you go yep. after it. If you're a middle linebacker, you have to go find the play. And for Big Hill, he's yeah. done that in the secondary. He has done it at the line of scrimmage. He's done it at that second linebacker level in the run game and the crossing pass game. He, for my dollar in 2021, is the best defensive player in the CFL. That's why I'm going to give him my blue bone. Well,
1: record. and I'll be honest with you. The fact is you hit on a head on a couple things, right? First off, he's got to come to, he's got to read the holes. He's got to find the backs. He's got to shed blockers. I mean, you know, not sometimes one or two, Then he's got to drop back in pass protection. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen him play the safety sometimes. We had the big interception, I guess. I think it was Edmonton. I mean, uh, you know, he's done some crazy things. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, Your offense goes as your middle linebacker goes, or defense, excuse me. I I, I can't agree. Uh, You know, he's playing. When he won the uh, MLP defensive player in BC, he's having that kind of year again. So, you know what? Again, Darren, I can't argue with any of your choices, but I know when it finally comes down to putting the number down, You've got a number of good choices on a very, very talented defense. Well,
0: and, and you know what? I'm reminded now, too, of uh, several weeks ago when some of your brethren, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers alumni members, I don't know what you guys are doing in the alumni section for an hour and a half, two hours after a game, but I'm walking to the car and yeah. there's, you know, a couple of them, not to name names, but, you know, legendary players who have donned blue and gold and I'm like, hey, you know, what'd you think of Zach today? What did you think of of, uh, of Willie or Jackson? He'd be like, you know, who impressed me? Adam Big Hill. He is a yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's really stands out to me. And, and uh, you know, you look at it, uh, um, yeah, deserving, and a great, no question.
1: And a great. The other thing you have to take into it, you can be a great player, and play as an individual, mm-hmm. which means I'm only playing for me. Right. He's not like that. Right. He is such a team game. And I watched a little clip on him the other. I was on, I think it was on Twitter. Uh, they had him mic'd up and you know, talking, and you know, even when he hits a guy, hey, good, you know, not doesn't do the uh, you know, just doesn't rag on a player after he hits yeah. him. You know, he just basically doesn't he, blow he, the chest up and you yeah, know, yeah, like, no, no, walk he, over he starts him. thinking, you yeah. know, I saw Casey, uh Casey Sales made a play and he, yeah, you know, get up, Casey, good job. But you know, like I mean, it's just very much a guy that you would like to play. You like it's the kind of guy that I can honestly say. I would love to have had now listen, I was blessed. When you think about the guys I played with, you know, Daryl Patterson, who's a D line coach with my with Winnipeg right now, uh, you know, Tyrone Jones, James West, Greg Battle. Right. Uh just a huge amount of guys, all the same type of players. Mm-hmm. And that's what Adam Adam Big Hill fits right back in there. Well, and not
0: to beleaguer the point here, but you know
1: League, I'll have to look that up.
0: Yeah, you, you might have to or belabor. Uh, not to belabor. belabor the point here, but my wife. you know, at, pardon me, what was that? I
1: think My wife went to belabor.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you, your kids are all grown up. What are you talking about? I
1: know I'm just kidding.
0: Um, but, uh, Adam Big Hill, um, is, I don't know, like the, the, he's truly somebody special. And, yeah. um, you know, when he steps on the field or in the locker room, just, consummate professional the culture of the winnipeg blue bombers have really identified themselves as and um you know if there was one guy on the entire blue bombers roster that people inside that building had to like nominate to say this is blue bomber football i, I think yep. adam big hill would be the guy uh, that they do okay here's the easy choice believe it or not on this star-studded 2021 edition of the winnipeg blue bombers most outstanding player I'm more curious of of who I'm going to give it to number two. Maybe Big Hill is the guy. But um, QB1, going to run away with this one and probably run away with it in the entire CFL, Chris.
1: Yeah, there's nobody. I mean, he's, you know, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, leads the league in yards, passing, completions over 30-plus yards, average yards per pass of 9.3 yards. He's had a a number. I actually looked at this thing today. He's had a, 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 whatchamacallit, 30, 120, 160 drives, and he led it to 32. He's got 32 touchdowns as the highest, 20% of his drives and then touchdowns, which is crazy. Yeah. No, no. Listen, the stats are stats. What he's done for this team, you know, because you can always look at the stats, but you don't know what's behind the stats. What I mean like that is I could hear he's got 20 touchdowns, but how many times have you seen him? Starting last year in the playoffs, you know, against Calgary. Where he should have got sacked, rolled out, rolled out, rolled around, chased, and then he threw the touchdown to Darvin, uh, Darvin Adams in the end zone. He's done that time and time again. He's so calm; he doesn't get rattled. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, you know, I, you know, he's just played extremely well. This is to Zach Kolaris from 2015 when he was running away with it and when he was a Hamilton quarterback, and we are so blessed. To have uh, Zach Kolaris as our quarterback in Winnipeg. There's two
0: things you need to have to be a great professional quarterback. You need the skill set, the legs, the arm, the smarts, all of that. The second thing you need that is often overlooked, and it's interesting with all this QB movement between teams in the CFL this year, Chris, lots of conversations of why certain players went one place or another and that sort of thing. Um, Leadership. And not just like, you know, okay, rah-rah guys in the locker room, that sort of thing, but you have to have um, a level of confidence and exude that and, yeah. you know, have everyone around you not be told about it, like, I'm better than everybody and we're going to score on this. No, it's it's just how you carry yourself, whether you're lifting weights in the gym or, um, you know, sitting in the meeting room or, you know, tying up your cleats before practice. Being able to exude that confidence, that leadership, that calm composure, I think goes as, you know, I won't say beyond the skill set, but right up to as important as being able to make all the throws, process the information, read defenses, um, you know, uh, call the play in the huddle, uh, break it all down in film with your offensive coordinator and and your your receivers and your running backs and your offensive line, that greater understanding of all the offense. Um, Zach Kolaris... Is the complete package. And when he had his very roller coaster 2019 season with another head injury and three different teams in a matter of months and coming yeah. to Winnipeg, thrown into the lineup, and, and then the 4 0 run he made uh, yeah. to the Grey Cup, that off-season came and people, the conversations were being had, of course. Oof, do you sign a guy with this injury history yeah, to a yeah. contract? The Blue He's Bombers knew what he was made of. And that, you know, they put him through all the tests and all the rigors and everything. They signed Zach Kolaris knowing that they have the offensive line and the offensive system to let him operate back there comfortably. He won't be running for his life. He's not going to be running, uh, you know, um, uh, no. quarterback keepers up the middle uh, and getting his block knocked off by a Hamilton Tiger Cat or something. Um this decision was the right one. We're seeing it oh, now. Absolutely. And and there's a healthy Zach Kolaris in a good offense, in a good system, with a great defense on the other side of the field, Chris. He's the best player in the league. And we haven't been saying that about Zach Kolaris since 2014.
1: Yeah, that was 2014, 2015. I could be, uh, you know, right. I'm not sure about that. But I'll tell you this. You talk about a quarterback exuding conference, and I think, again, and I like to talk about, you know, during my career. I, I started with Dieter Brock. Right, And Dieter Brock was one of those guys. Didn't say a whole lot, but he threw a ball through a car wash while getting the ball wet. You know, you're so strong, right? And then you got a guy that was calm. Very, It reminds me very much of Tom Clements. Tom Clements was not a guy that did He was not a rah-rah guy. Uh, he used to come to practice with a briefcase. Uh, you know, he just looked like he was your accountant. You know, he was going to do your taxes. But when it came to the game, if the, you know, he knew the offense so well that when Cal Murphy used to send a play in, if he didn't like it, he'd just change it. No, we're not running that. I like this. I'll see what the defense is doing. This is what I'm doing. Then you got other guys that exude conference in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking Matt Dunnigan. Yeah. You just knew you are going to win the football game with Matt Dunnigan. Matt Dunnigan is a rah-rah type guy. He gets fired up. He's hyper. You know, I gave him the nickname, the Peacock. And I call him the Peacock because when he walked in, into the locker room, and he had that drawl going, that Texas drawl, yeah. He started to walk around, meander. I said, "Oh, we're in for a good game." I knew when we were going to kick, we were going to kick butt with uh, Dunnigan because he was that kind of guy. You know, I had Sean Salisbury, Sammy Gar is another quiet guy, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I keep going down the list, but having said that, uh, those guys that I just aforementioned, uh, they exuded confidence. And, and when you're in a huddle, you know you can win. That's the thing. This team knows. As long as Zach's in there. We, we're going to win this football game, but mm-hmm. we have a very good chance to win the game.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a special trait and uh, kind of the uh, the X factor uh, that separates the Amen. good from the great. Uh, yep. This leads us to the biggest topic of conversation I would say this week, Chris, um, is, well, it's not Zach Kolaris in at quarterback. It's Sean McGuire. Uh, yeah. And all of these guys that, you know, you can read on the ticker are not in the lineup for the Blue Bombers uh, in Montreal. What does this mean? Is it the smart move?
1: Yeah. Your you know what? And it's funny. DB, I, I argued with you about this before. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, sometimes change. You don't want to mess with the chemistry, right? But then I also think about the other side of the coin. If something, if they played Zach and he got hurt, or you lose a Brandon Alexander and he gets hurt, or you lose a Patty Newfield and he gets hurt, in a, in a, in a game that really doesn't do anything for the Bombers, you know the coaching staff are going to hear it. We have very passionate fans in Manitoba, and they're going to let the coaches know that they don't agree with this. So, hey, far as I'm concerned, they played all these guys last week in a meaningless game again.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They did not take their foot off the gas. They beat Montreal at home to go perfect. I said that's what they had to do. They wanted to have home field advantage, 7-0. I think they're, what, 19-1 and or something now at home. This is what they do. Now you have an opportunity to sit this week I don't believe they'll sit next week. Next week, I believe it'll be all hands on deck versus Calgary. Well, that's it, what I feel.
0: It's interesting, and as you can always see here on Game Day Winnipeg, those are your matchups in the CFL this week. And of course, there is two games with Edmonton needing that makeup game against Toronto. That game will yep. go uh, Tuesday this coming week, uh, so their second game of three in seven days. That's crazy. a whole another uh, ball crazy. of wax. Uh, but um, Saskatchewan, Edmonton uh, is an important game for Saskatchewan to try to win that number two, number three in the West is still wide open. Um, Calgary's going to try to beat BC this week, but if Edmonton or pardon me, if Saskatchewan wins,
1: they clinch, they, they clinch. will
0: clinch. So then that game yeah. could be a real dud in the final game of the season Absolutely. with nothing for Winnipeg to earn, nothing for Calgary to earn. You got to wonder who's going to yes. play in that game Great. and how that game will be approached and what the weather will be like in Calgary as well. But, um, for the Blue Bombers, Chris, uh, I think you know you talk about um, you know breaking off that momentum, changing the chemistry, mixing different ingredients in when things are going so well for you. To me, this Mike O'Shea coach team is not like any other where it's like okay, we're switching up the O line or the D line or mixing up all these DBs. That versatility that O'Shea and Richie Hall and Buck Pierce all preach in their offense and defensive systems, respectively, yeah. is about, it doesn't matter who's in. They do their job, whether they're on the inside or the outside or, or front or back. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They go out and do their job. And, and that's why Brandon Alexander can step into a different position and it's seamless. Jesse Briggs can step in, seamless. Yeah. Pat Newfield can kick out to tackle, seamless. So if they need to rest some guys, and the guys that they are resting are the ones that have battled through injury this year. You know, Steven Richardson with a foot, Jeff coat uh, has had a hip problem, Brandon Alexander with some issues. Uh, you know, Nick Taylor, uh, Dietrich Nichols, Pat Newfeld. all those guys have, have battled through things this season. Give them a game. You're going to have a buy for the first round of the playoffs. So you yeah. give them a week now, maybe they play in Calgary next week. Then you give them yeah. another week off. That's two out of three. They get to rest. Their body is going to be in much, much better condition and, and closer to tip-top shape than it would have been if they had to play through all this. These are the luxuries the you know the, the best in the league have when the regular season comes to completion, Chris.
1: Yeah, hey, DB, I gotta ask you a question here. Does Edmonton play Saskatchewan before Calgary plays BC?
0: Uh no. Calgary, BC uh is Friday night. So, like you and I are recording this on Friday. So that hey, game I know is later. today.
1: This is why if Saskatchewan we'll played early, well, no.
0: By the time people are watching this,
1: oh no, that's cool because I think I'm glad that it worked out like that. Because Calgary's still going to play for something against BC, mm-hmm. and I know they're really trying to pass the fans to come back to the game. The new owners doing a great job of getting trying to get the younger BBC, audience yeah. there again. Yeah, and then of course you got Saskatchewan. Uh, I think they have a great opportunity. Calgary. I was listening to Dave Dickinson talk about it. They just had a buy. Mm-hmm. And they, I know they signed Reggie Begerton, who's a great receiver. That's gonna he's yeah, back in the lineup.
0: And they cut Josh Huff. He's an Argo now. Crazy. Yeah, well, that
1: yeah, but yeah, that was just a money for money thing. Uh, obviously, they signed Beglinton, but sure. uh, I listened to Dave Dickinson. And he was not impressed with their first practice after. And he, you know, that's he's he's a coach that tells it like it is. Now nah, these guys didn't look like they look like they just came back from vacation. You know, so I mean, it's very interesting to see. This is not the the Stampeders have passed where they dominated. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. And as you say, if Toronto beats Hamilton, and we'll find that out as this is thing, they clinch, Don't right? So that's a big thing too. So, so at seven
0: and five and six and six, the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Calgary Stampeders, Chris, to me, those are the most dangerous teams in the CFL right now. I understand they're floating around five hundred. Hamilton two games above Calgary and at six.
1: Mazzoli's playing well for really? Hamilton. And you saw Brandon the two, Banks. These are the two teams that are
0: going to these are the two teams that are going to upset somebody. Sorry to, to cut you off.
1: No, no, that's that's fine. I think that's what we do. doing. we're wrapping you know, rapping back and forth here. But I agree with you. When I saw Mazzoli the way he's played for the last three or four weeks since he's come back, mm-hmm. and then I watched uh, uh you know Brandon Banks finally come out of his little slump. Mm-hmm. A nice long touchdown pass. Uh Saskatchewan, they've got all the makings. I yep. think they picked up the one kid, uh 14 uh Duke Williams right. has really done a nice job for him of being a little bit of a deep prep. They got Shaq healthy again. Right. They got the kid that I still think, I said this last week, yeah, is gonna Schaefer Baker he's going to be the either. one that's going to go against Nick Dembski, I think, for Canadian. Um, I don't think there's good of offensive line, though. That's the thing. I think that this is a thing that if I had to put an X factor on the Bombers, it's our strength on our offense and defensive line. Mm-hmm and our linebacker, and our safety, and the whole whole damn defense. There you go. (laughs) I
0: I think Saskatchewan has an opportunity to be in Winnipeg on December 5th. It's likely that that they'll host the West Division semifinal against Calgary, uh, and we'll know more uh, in the coming days. But um, to me, Saskatchewan is kind of flattening. Calgary is yeah. rising and Winnipeg's
1: yeah. coasting. So and B- and Bo Levi is looking better too.
0: Yeah. He's and they got two quarterbacks, the like Chris. The they got two quarterbacks. Like if, if, if Bo struggles like, or gets hurt, like Jake yeah. Mayer's gonna step in there and like he was breaking yeah, like records Mayer. for I, best first I,
1: I, three listen, starts. In we beat the them by winter. what? We beat them fourteen to twelve. I think we beat them fourteen to twelve here yeah, at home. What was that score? That was a long, long field goal that day we had a procedure call and we kicked a longer field goal eighteen to win the game by uh Legio. Yeah. It what seems like forever ago, August 29th. Remember Mayor? Mayor was 16 of his first 16. Yeah, I remember that. So yeah. I went, whoa, what's up? I don't and know what's I up with these Calgary
0: coming here. These Calgary Stampeder rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't know what if it's like in the IG field visitors locker room, they have really good games. That was Bo Levi Mitchell's first game where he threw the lights out against the Blue Bombers, uh, you know, several yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um yeah,
1: three thresholds, yeah.
0: Well, Chris, we've gone pretty long on this show, but we cannot. Yeah. And Game Day Winnipeg without your keys to the game.
1: Thank you, DB. And to all you guys that are following us on Bonfire Sports, love you all. Remember to ring the bell? What do you have to do? What's that? The bell. What else? Do you Give do? the thumbs up and subscribe. Thumbs up. Ask a question. We'll answer your you friends. Your question. Oh, yeah, we'll hit the comments. Yes, hit the comments. I'm retired, so I got a lot of time to ask your questions. Okay, offensively. You know, this is going to be a huge key, and I say this all the time, but even more so this week. Protect the ball. Make smart decisions especially with a quarterback, Sean McGuire, is getting his first ever start. And remember this, 80% chance of rain during the game, which is going to make for less than ideal conditions. Hopefully it's rain and not snow. Yeah, defense, well, it's Montreal. They're not getting snow. Oh, I guess you're defense, right. Defense, continue the domination. Create turnovers for your offense. Help your offense out. And special teams, you know what? Continue to win the field battle position. And it's the first time we're going to get to see a young little scat back in Shaq Cooper. Let's mm-hmm. see what the Shaq can do. Yeah, And that's it. it for me, boys, for my keys to the game. Love it. Chris, final
0: word here, uh, my exchange with Jamarcus Hardrick. I know you've seen this before, but uh, he talked about, I had to ask him about uh, you and Hardrick meeting each other recently. It was strange to see a guy who's in the Blue Bombers Ring of Honor, CFL Hall of Famer. He was excited to meet you. Uh, how does that make you feel? And, and what can you tell me about that exchange?
3: Man, I didn't know that at all. Man, I was I was a little nervous. I seen him, man. I was at my son's I was at my son's football game. He was there checking it out, and I saw him. And I was a little nervous. And that's one of the guys I look up to. I didn't know a lot about him. I got with the Bombers and his name's everywhere. I started doing more Googles on him, did a couple of events with him, and he's a legend here. I look up to him. I know I'd never get close to his spot or pass it. So I'm just chasing, man. I'm chasing to be the next Wallaby and um, trying to compete with Stan every day, man. It's just so much fun to have those guys that's in front of me and have something to, to reach for, man. I know you're making them proud. Thanks, Jamarcus.
1: Thank you. Let me just finish up with that. Jamarcus Hardrick, to me, I would love to play with this guy. Hmm. You know, the fact is, he's just pure energy. Uh, one of the nicest cats I've ever met. I don't know. Like I said before, guys, I only met him the first. That was the first time I met him. Yeah. And the fact that he reached out, I mean, I was almost embarrassed. Like he's like, "Hey, can I get a picture with you?" I'm like, "No, man. That's okay, man. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, you're a good guy. And introduced me to his whole family. I thought." Just a class, class act, mm-hmm. and a very, very good football player. And for me, I'm a I'm a 63 guy, but I'm a 51. I'm a big 51 fan now.
0: Yeah, no, uh, he has an outstanding, beautiful family. He is an exceptional yep. football player, and well, you know, if he can humble better human being, it, yeah, better human being, like even. he's humbling the great Chris Walby. Like you're yeah, on the I Ring know. of Honor, you're in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, and, oh, I know. and you're excited I to meet to it him. It all.
1: I couldn't, I, I couldn't listen to it all because I thought I was going to get diabetes from all the sugar.
0: <laughs> it was sweet. It was it too was sweet, sweet man. Yeah.
1: It was too sweet, man.
0: Well, Chris, uh, we'll uh, put a cap on it there. And thank everybody for joining us here on Again. Game Day Winnipeg. And I'll reiterate what Chris said. Ring the bell, subscribe, hit the thumbs up, and like the video. helps us out so very much. Yeah. We appreciate you watching. Hit up the comments. Chris reads them and we'll respond to them all. Chris, you Absolutely, got a comment right. from last week. Somebody was asking you a question. So you got to make sure to get on YouTube right now and respond to them. Uh, yep. But um, as always, uh, enjoy the game. And well, Chris, maybe we'll get these playoff beards going a little bit crazier. Or do you want to like trim them up? Well, you the Should
1: uh, uh, so we be like the hockey pucks? We'll just keep it going, baby. We'll keep keep, it, keep going. it going. Yeah. I found some pizza in mine yesterday. So, <laughs> little snack on the road. Oh, man. Uh, actually, man. I was shoveling the snow. Uh, a little pepperoni. Oh, good, man. I got oh, a lot I of thought, energy. I man. thought
0: that was still snow frozen from you shoveling. That's, oh, well, yes,
1: it's just a little white. It's a little gray. Anyway, love you guys. Love everybody following us. Talk to you soon, boys. Have a great one. Darren, I'm out.